When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 16. Episode 13. This is Writing Excuses, Daybrain versus Nightbrain. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Mary Robinette. I'm Dan. I'm Amal. And I'm Howard. And we are continuing with our third episode, uh, looking at poetry with Amal. Um, Amal, tell us about Daybrain versus Nightbrain. I am so excited to do this. Uh, So last episode, we ended, uh, well, the whole episode was about talking about poetry as being like singing and talking about prose as being like speaking. What I want to dig into a little bit more today is the ways in which singing and speaking are super different in that they literally use different parts of the brain. Um, And this is some, I am by no means a uh, neuroscientist, uh, absolutely I am so open to being fact-checked on this, but my understanding is that um, often speech therapists will have recourse to uh, teaching their, um, their, their clients to sing through uh, a speech impediment, that to kind of essentially draw on this other part of the brain that isn't, uh, isn't impeded in the same way. So uh, you can draw on this as a resource to, um, to, to, shape or change the way that you speak. There are numerous accounts of uh, stroke patients who've suffered from aphasia, who Mm. can no longer speak, uh, who can nod and shake their head, but they can sing. And, And by singing, they are suddenly able to unlock things. And yes, the speech therapists can, in many cases, bring them back to being able to speak, by having them sing everything first. It's, brains are weird. (laughs) And the fact that singing and speaking are different parts of the brains uh, is is probably learned early on and it's hard to say, but there's no doubt about the fact that where we are culturally and physiologically today, they are different brain activities and using both is a super powerful tool. I am so glad to be, I always have this moment of like, I am using this as a metaphor, but I want to make sure that it is actually accurate. So I'm <laughs> Google it before we started. <laughs> so this is the thing. Um, I mean, like any, um, like any muscle, you know, sometimes um, where I feel more comfortable using this metaphor is that uh, you know, if you have one muscle that is weak because another one is overworked, then using um, rehabilitating them will often mean bringing them into some kind of balance or line. Um, and so I want to draw on this difference to think about poetry and prose and how we can not only um, learn to 
write poetry and draw on uh, those parts of the the brain that maybe we don't draw on as much um, in order to to essentially sing on the page, uh, but also to use it as a metaphor uh, for this concept uh, that comes from Shweta Narayan, who I have uh, mentioned before, um, who first, so far as I'm aware, coined these terms of day brain and night brain, um, where day brain is your attitude, your state of consciousness that is about communication, denotation, um, uh, connotation, and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and your night brain is instead the brain that you use for evocation, invocation, um, for the more ambiguous, the more intuitive, the more, um, the more unself-conscious, essentially, um, the part of your brain that, you know, you metaphorically sing with, essentially. And I want to, to kind of like, uh, really get into this. I want to think about, um, again, drawing on the, um, the, the singing speaking difference. I want to kind of draw your attention to um, when do we tend to encounter uh, sort of singing as a, as a weird disruption and stuff. So I'm thinking here of things like musicals, where, uh, where does the um, where do the songs tend to come in, right? They tend to come in at moments of great emotional transformation or um, distress. Like the, the music, so the song is a break in uh, a layer of reality, essentially, and is um, an, like an opening in something to allow something else to emerge. I think, too, of the difference between, um, to draw on Shakespeare again, the ways in which uh, characters speak an iambic pentameter in a play, in the regular uh, iambic pentameter being da 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 da, da, da um, which is the kind of tends to get ca uh, called the the most spoken sort of cadence, the one that most mimics our regular speech, versus when someone like the witches in Macbeth uh, come on stage and instead they speak in trochaic tetrameter. So instead of something like Shall I compare thee to a summer's day that art more lovely and more temperate? You get something like double, double, toil and trouble, fire, burn and cauldron, bubble. And that difference, right, like that, that weirdness, that is a cadence that gets associated with ballads and with songs instead of with speech. And it's also associated with the supernatural, with the unnatural, with the frightening and the different. So without the negative connotations of that, I want to kind of map out day brain and night brain. And I want to um, ask all of you, basically, um, do you ever feel when you are writing your novels and your short stories or your comics, do you ever feel like you are slipping from one state of mind to another? Um, that you feel like sometimes you are writing from a very kind of day brain -y, um perspective versus sometimes you slip into this weird other world that is more night brainy. Yeah, for me, I and I don't know if this is exactly the same mechanism that you're talking about, but I suspect that it is. Um, a lot of my writing and, and one of the reasons that I try to block out large chunks of time rather than writing in small pieces is because I feel like my writing process is trying to force my way through out of this very 
structured, knowing what I'm going to say before I write it down kind of brain versus just, you know, what, what we like to call getting in the zone. You know, mm. I'm there, I'm in the zone and the words are just flowing. And I suspect that that is more of a night brain situation where the words are just coming out kind of almost independently of my conscious thought. Yeah. Have, this is um, this is more literal than you, you actually mean it to be, but I have um, fallen asleep while writing and wow. continued to write. What? Wow. Um, and it's it's interesting um, <laughs> reading what I've written the next day because it is uh, and it's it's never very long. You know, it's it's a couple of sentences. Um, this what we won't go into why this happens. Um, it it involves you know we are going into why it, it involves staying up too late and the fact that I I will often write with my eyes closed um, mm. so that I can see a scene in my head and not be distracted by what's going on around me. And occasionally when I am really fatigued, it's happened two or three times maybe in, over the course of my life, uh, my hands keep going hmm. uh, in the same way that you can drive someplace and not notice, not remember any of the drive. Right. And it's it's very interesting when that happens because there is this, um, the, the sentences still contain like subject, object, verb. They are grammatically correct. And also um, completely free associative. Hmm. Um, you know, like one of them, I was talking about uh, revolution. And and the, the scene was supposed to be about someone turning around. Huh. But the entire thing pivoted off the other meaning of that word. Oh, wow. And, uh, and, and went into this thing about a revolution and my nephew's involvement in the revolution. I'm like... There is no nephew in this story. There is no revolution in this story. Someone was literally just turning around. And it's, for me, the thing that is interesting about that is the, with what you're talking about with the day brain, night brain, is that it's, it's about, for me, the times when I find the, um, the other places that language can go, the unexpected places uh, and the unexpected associations, that those are the times that I feel like I'm, activating my night brain as opposed to my day brain, which is very, these are the facts. Yes. Um, a thing that has stuck with me ever since I learned it is that uh, uh, trochaic tetrameter, is that the name yeah. of it? Tro to, um, that is the meter of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles song. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> now it gets better. XKCD Number 1412 is Wikipedia article titles with the right syllable stress pattern to be sung to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles song. If you need to break your head out of the word loop it is stuck in, start singing Golden Mantled Howler Monkey, Greater <laughs> Cleveland Film Commission, Harry Flower Chafer Beetle. Okay. There's, it's a whole list of these. It's a beautiful, beautiful there's, thing. And uh, we're, I, we're I, I just got to say, there's a Twitter account that yes. all it posts is this. Yes, I see it. I follow it. 
know it. And it, it blows my mind periodically. The worst thing, it's not worst, it's actually wonderful. But like, as you said, each one of those terms, what was coming to mind was not the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but the opening to Alexander Hamilton. So like, yeah. uh, what was the Howler Monkeys one? Golden mantled Howler Monkeys. I don't know. It's like, it actually doesn't match on as well, but it is yeah. the uh, go-to stress pattern in my brain still, years later. <laughs> yes. Um, so speaking of uh, go-to stress patterns, uh, this is where we should break. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. For the book of the week. <laughs> Make that segue happen somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, the book is uh, The City in the Middle of the Night by Charlie Jane Anders. Um, and I wanted to recommend this one this week because um, so the book is is really beautiful in a lot of different ways. Um, one thing is that she is doing she has these very, very different voices happening from from different characters, uh, different POVs. The other thing is it's set on a planet that is tidally locked. So there is a day side and there is a night mm. side and all of uh, all of humanity who is living on this planet lives in the twilight area. And the the daylight does not change over the course of the day. You know, the daylight changes depending on where in town you are. So your relationship with the sun and with the night in this world has this totally different feeling. And and day brain versus night brain, again, like those mean completely different things. And I love I love that because uh, because of how much exploration she is doing about the the way our environment shapes our connotations and contexts. It's mm-hmm. it's wonderful book. It's you know it's a coming of age story. There's revolution. There is revolution in this one, <laughs> and um, highly recommended. Uh, it got all kinds of uh, critical acclaim. Um, the City in the Middle of the Night by Charlie Jane Anders. That is so wonderful, and I cannot help now but imagine a planet as a giant brain. Yes, <laughs> a right hemisphere and a left hemisphere, and uh, all of the all of the in betweenness that that entails and stuff. But yeah, so um, so this is actually uh, I, I think a great segue for talking about the. So you've talked about these different ways in which you experience. Um, like flow states or being in the zone and stuff like that. And I, uh, I want to basically shape that into a question, which is how do we activate night brain? Is there a way to do that and to do that specifically either to 
write poetry if that's something that's intimidating or to overcome snags in prose. Um, my experience of this, I, I developed this um, this particular exercise that I want to take us to, uh, partly because I was stuck writing a short story and I had just, I was really, really snagged um, on an issue of uh, character motivation or of, you know, plot development essentially um, did not have Dan's intensive courses uh, to refer to on the subject of character arcs and things at the time. So um, I found myself in order to overcome this snag in what was really a structural problem by leaning into the prose line instead and trying to just let the language of the story that I was writing carry me over the hump that I was that I was experiencing. And by doing that, I, I felt like what tipped me over into being able to solve the other problems was by just languishing essentially in the language, in the prose. Um, and I felt that that was kind of tipping away from the anxieties and concerns of a day brain oriented sense of, but how am I going to solve this problem with a night brain oriented sense of what if this sentence felt like pearls slipping off a string? What if this sentence felt in these ways? What if I just let myself flow out of this and just let it carry me into the next thing that's going to happen and then I'll solve it later? And I feel like that's something that could potentially be useful to anyone who's writing anything, essentially. Um, and towards that end, I want to bring us to the homework uh, of this episode, um, which is... Uh, a night brain activation exercise. What I want you to do uh, is to either, if you are currently in a project, currently in the middle of, uh, of some writing project, I want you to find a piece of prose in there that is giving you trouble. Um, maybe it's actually the spot that you are at right now in, in your uh, work in progress. I want you to take the last sentence that you have on the page and isolate it, put it on a different page, um, and uh, and just have like a blank screen following that one sentence. Then I want you to put yourself in a dark place. I want you to like dim the lights. I want you to close the blinds. I want you to try and put yourself in a space where um, you are as unaware of your surroundings as it's possible for you to be. And then I want you to listen to a recording of a poem. I will provide one shortly. Um, and then I want you to, in response to that poem, write automatically, unselfconsciously for five minutes. And I want you to think about it like singing onto the page. I want you to just let whatever that last sentence that you had there was, let it just lead you into some other world of language uh, in response to this thing that I'm going to read you. So what I'm going to read you now is a poem called Moon Fishing by Lazelle Mueller. When the moon was full, they came to the water, some with pitchforks, some with rakes, some with sieves and ladles, and one with a silver cup. And they fished till a traveler passed them and said, Fools, to catch the moon, you must let your women spread their hair on the water. Even the wily moon will leap to that bobbing net of shimmering threads, Gasp and flop till its silver scales lie black and still at your feet. And they fished with the hair of their women, till a traveller passed them and said, Fools, 
Do you think the moon is caught lightly with glitter and silk threads? You must cut out your hearts and bait your hooks with those dark animals. What matter you lose your hearts to reel in your dream? And they fished with their tight, hot hearts, till a traveler passed them and said, Fools, what good is the moon to a heartless man? Put back your hearts and get on your knees and drink as you never have, until your throats are coated with silver and your voices ring like bells. And they fished with their lips and tongues until the water was gone and the moon had slipped away in the soft, bottomless mud. Now write. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. <laughs> writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.